Welcome to your new favourite true crime podcast, hosted by two self-diagnosed psychos and their food babies. Join us each week to discuss the world's most depraved and delicious crimes. I'm Georgia. I'm Shannon. And this is Sinners and Dinners. So welcome back. Um, so we're going to do the part two of John Wayne Gacy today. Unfortunately, you're going to have to listen to more of my voice, <laughs> which is not always the one. We love your voice, <laughs> So we're taking it back to where Georgia left off last time. So we just had the murder of John Bukovic. Am I saying that correctly? Bukovic, I'm pretty sure. Bukovic. Can't like that name. Mm. Anyway, um, so he's just been murdered by John. Um, so after his murder, John just kind of was like loving life a bit and he had kind of upped his killings mm-hmm. a bit more frequently. Um, he was doing them more, not so sporadic. Right. So like most serial killers, they kind of go a couple of years without yeah bumming anyone off. <laughs> not the best for this one, I suppose. <laughs> um, not the best expression to use, no. <laughs> yeah. So without whatever it's called, without killing them. They go a couple of years without murdering yeah. someone and they do it again. Well, John John was a bit different. He liked to he liked to kill them more regularly. Mm-hmm. So he had a few years that he dubbed as his cruising years, mm. which meant that he was going around just like picking people off here, there and everywhere. He um Yeah, he was a It just makes me fan. think how easy it was to get away with murder before like I don't know, like two thousand, you know? Like, it was so easy when DNA wasn't being You're used. Just popping off people right, left, and centre. Yeah, it's like, it's like, there's a hair here. Cool. <laughs> like, chuck it away. Like, it may look like the same shade, but it's we're brown. <laughs> like, it was so easy to get away with anything. So, yeah, he was doing all this stuff. He was being a bit crazy. His neighbours were saying that he would, like, come home really late his mm-hmm. lights would go on and off really late at night it was a bit weird mm-hmm. um but then he they said it was a bit different in his behavior but like in day to day he wasn't he didn't seem any really yeah. different um so they said that a lot of these changes started after 1976 which if you remember is when he, john wayne john and his wife had a divorce i don't mm-hmm. know if we touched upon that yeah. last time yeah so they got divorced his second wife i believe no his first Second, first, first, second. One of them. He divorced somebody. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he divorced, and that's when all this behaviour started getting more and more erratic, mm-hmm. as they said. Um, I guess because she wasn't around anymore, so he didn't really have to hide like, <laughs> anyone in the home. Motherfuckers, I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. When the cat's away, the mice will play. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so it became, he became doing some crazy stuff. So mm-hmm. between I think seventy six to seventy eight, he was just popping people left right and center no one was really sure what he was getting up to great um and then we're gonna skip the cruising years because there was a lot of killings and, it, and it's just a chunk mm-hmm. it's chunky yeah um, <coughs> ew <laughs> yeah that was gross <laughs> anyway so we're gonna skip to 1978 okay um and it is december the 11th which is an important date to remember december the 11th you'll december see like later 11th. why because we'll talk about how he was caught, and you can see the time frame between December the 11th mm-hmm. to, to when he was actually caught. Um, so Gacy visited a pharmacy um, in Des Plaines. Is that how you 
no. something like that. I I thought it was Desplaines, but my Des my mother made fun of me, so I don't actually know. George's mum is American. She could probably pronounce these things a lot better than us. Desplaines, 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 something like that. Desplaines. I've been there. It's a, it's a nice <laughs> and town. She can't pronounce it. I know. <laughs> so he went to a pharmacy in this place that neither of us can pronounce <laughs> um, to discuss. Uh, a remodeling job. So if you remember, Gacy has this building kind of company. Yeah. Um, l- last time I read this, I thought he meant modeling. Um, <laughs> and it took me a while to figure out that modeling, I was completely remodeling. wrong. <laughs> I was completely that wrong. That was funny. Um, so he went in to talk about a me- me- remodeling job mm-hmm. with the owner, Phil. And while he was there, there was a 15-year-old part-time employee called Robert Piest. 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 <laughs> Peace out, bitches. I'm joking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm going to refer to him as Robert because otherwise I'll get myself confused. Okay. Um, so, he was saying these things in front of this guy. So, this guy would hit over here mm-hmm. um, and that be like, oh, shit, this guy's going to pay me money. Like, mm. Nice. And he'd get almost double what he was getting at the pharmacy. So, so shortly after Gacy left the pharmacy, um, Robert's mum arrived at the store to drive him home to be like yo get in the car let's go um so that they could celebrate her birthday which later on you'll realize that robert wasn't the kind of person not to 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 miss out on something like Mm -hmm. this um so robert ran out and was like yo mom like i've got to go and talk to some guy about some work like i I will be home i'll be no later than like 10 o'clock say Mm. so he left the store at nine o'clock which is quite late anyway which is a bit dodgy for a deal but that's just me. Yeah. Um, and he said, like, look, I'll be, I'll be back later. It won't be too long. Um, so, it, in fact, unfortunately for Robert, he was murdered at 10 p.m. So it was an hour between leaving that store. Jeez. That he was unfortunately killed. Um, Gacy stated um, that at his house, he asked Robert whether there was anything he wouldn't do for the right price, which Ooh. is creepy in its own right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, to which Robert replied that he did not mind working hard. Which, <laughs> bless him, being a little bit He's naive there, boy, but yeah. Cute. Um, and in response, Gacy said that he said good money could be earned by hustling, although Robert was dismissive. So this guy's like, yo, get down on me. And he's mm. like, no, fuck off. Like, yeah. you're old. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And then apparently after that, Gacy decided to dupe. Mm-hmm. But how you do this, I don't know. Dupe Robert into putting on handcuffs, but so, which, I th- I think we're still a bit unsure about his technique here. Like, hey kid, can you get out these handcuffs? There's a difference yes, between sure. forcing handcuffs on someone and then like somehow like this is like you're noticing tricking them. Like how I'm not quite sure how he did that. You're hey, clever. try try to get out of these. No, it's ten p.m. I don't know who you are. I don't know where I am. You weird fat bastard yeah that (laughs) well so after he put them on he said i'm going to rape you and you can't do anything about it so gacy had a he liked to taunt them he Mm. liked to taunt them which isn't the best no not great gacy no do better um and during this time apparently robert was crying so this poor little guy is crying and you're like fuck you i'm gonna fucking rape you nah who are you he also stated that he placed the ropes around Robert's neck and the boy was crying and scared. Jesus. Gacy admitted to having received a phone call from the business acquaintance as as Robert was dying. So he was like, hey, this kid's God. just dying on the floor. And he's like, two minutes, love, I've got Nissan on the phone. 
I'm like, what are you doing? No. Um, and he God. ended up suffocating on his bedroom floor. Um, so obviously this kid's died. This kid's been murdered. So yeah. he's, he's not coming home. So his parents worry. They were like, where is he? Like, he should be back by now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they filed a Mr. Parsons report. And of course they went to the pharmacy um, mm-hmm. in which Phil turned around and said that this guy came in and he was talking about it. And I'm pretty sure that Robert wanted to go and talk to him about getting a job. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the policemen are like, right, right. This is suspicious. Like, yeah. We need to look into this. Um, so, yeah, he chose to investigate Gacy. Um, having spoken to Robert's mother on the morning of December 12th, so we've moved on to the next day. So they've done quite quick. Um, they were convinced he had not run away from home. He wasn't the kind of person to do that. Like, they knew he wasn't. Um, so they were pretty sure that he probably has got missing mm-hmm. and something's happened. So they did a check on Gacy's background. Yep. Which revealed all of the things we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. So they were like, hmm... He sodomized a 15-year-old. Yeah. Maybe he's the one. Yeah. So they decide to look into him further. Um, they go and talk to him. And Gacy makes up like a, quite a few lies. He's saying about like how he went back to the pharmacy afterwards. So it couldn't possibly have been him. Um, and he was just, he was very adamant that mm-hmm. he wasn't, he wasn't the guy. Yeah. Um, and he actually said, you guys are very rude. Don't you have any respect for the dead? <laughs> because he m- had mentioned that his uncle just died. Uh, so he right. has no... It's the, it's the <laughs> audacity of it. Like, do you not have respect for the dead? Oh, yeah, I think I'll just take a phone call when someone's dying. Like, and you have... Oh, just no. What a slimy son of what a bitch. A, yeah. So he's basically refuting it all. Um, and at 3.20 a.m., Gacy then turned up to the police station covered in mud because hmm. he told them earlier, look, look, I can't come to the police station now. Look, I'll have to be back later. She turns up at 3.20 in the morning, mm-hmm. which it's suspicious in itself, um, claiming that he'd been involved in a car accident on returning to the police station later that day. Gacy denied any involvement with Robert's disappearance and repeated that he had not offered him a job, which is not true. Liar. Um prepared a written statement detailing his movements on December the 11th. So he's written a statement. Right. They don't really believe him. So they decide they're going to do a search warrant on his house. Mm-hmm. So they obtain it quite easily because he's he's a bit dodgy, so it's not hard. <laughs> um, and on December the 13th, they, they obtain the search warrant. Um, they decide to re- search his house um, in which it revealed suspicious items, including several police badges, mm-hmm. which might kind of sum up how he was getting away with picking up people from his car yeah um they also had a pistol which i would tell you what kind but i can't even pronounce that for <laughs> my life um inside his office drawer a syringe because that's normal um and a hypodermic needle yeah he also had handcuffs, books on homosexuality, mm-hmm. um, and even seven pornographic films, which it's not that bad, like porn. It's just yeah, but porn. that was quite a library back in the day where you had to get films. I have a theory. I have a theory, okay? We know from last week's episode as well that he liked to kind of pretend he was some kind of police officer. We have that from uh, yeah. one of his survivors, I believe, we discussed last week, said he was a police officer, flashed a badge. Um, so if we take the stance that that's how he kind of got a lot of these boys and men into his car and maybe into his house, could it have been a fit, could it have been a scenario where 
he was still pretending to be a police officer. I was like, hey, why don't you try out my handcuffs? Maybe you'd like try and get out of them as he's pretending to be a cop. Maybe that was it. Yeah, maybe. It probably makes more sense. Mm. And they found capsules of not something nitrate, which I'm assuming is some kind of drug. Um, poppers. Yeah. We, f- we figured that out, yeah. And an 18-inch dildo, which, no offence, wow, I take an 18-inch, and that's meant to go up mine. Jesus Christ, okay, Shannon. Big. That big. is literally a forearm. It is. It is. Fuck me, I'd run away. <laughs> um, they found a two by four with two holes drilled in each end, a bottle of Valium, and several driver licenses were found in the northwest bedroom. So mm. we don't know who they belong to. And more importantly, they found a blue hooded parker on top of a toolbox inside the laundry room. Hmm. An underwear too small to fit Gacy was located. So Yikes. they found all these things. They also found a ring that belonged to a main 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 West High student with mm. the initials JAS. So which is also quite suspicious. Jas. So they decided after they found these things, they're like, right, this guy is fishy. There is some problem with him. So they decided to put him on surveillance. So for a, a while, they were just sat outside his house watching what he was doing, just generally following him day to day. Mm-hmm. And while they were continuing the surveillance, the surveillance, they started to interview a couple of the boys we mentioned last week. Yeah. Um, so Michael Rossi. Yeah. Michael Rossi and a couple others lived with him for a bit, which he probably likely assaulted, but they just continued to live with him and like work for him. So yeah, they interviewed them. And they basically wanted them to come and talk to him about Gacy. Um, yeah. They didn't really open up so much at first. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of were trying to stay their loyalty, I suppose. But on December the 15th, they obtained further details of Gacy's battery charge, learning the compliant Jeffrey Ricknell had reported that Gacy had lured him into his car, then chloroformed, raped, and tortured him before Jeez. dumping him. With several chest and facial burns, rectal be- bleeding in Lincoln Park with the following morning. So they're starting Ooh. to be like, right, so there's another one. Mm. Um, so they interviewed Gacy's former wife. They learned of the disappearance of John Brockovich. The same day, the main West high school ring was traced to a John Allen Sykes. No idea. <laughs> um, With it, respect. No idea how to pronounce it. Well, it's S-Z-Y-C. Can you pronounce it? She's Slavic. We'll go with I that. Can say. <laughs> um, Mother's, uh, so then they interviewed his mother um, and that she resi- revealed that several items from her son's apartment were also mi- missing, including a TV set. On December 16th, Gacy, who was aware that he was being surveillance, started to try to piss off the policemen. Like, mm-hmm. be like, come on in, come into, my, come into the restaurant with <sighs> me and have some food, come what in to dick. have some drinks. So that he knew, he wanted to make a point that he knew that they were there. Yeah. Um, and they just basically were just following him around and he'd be like, come on, come into my house. And he's just a bit of a dick. Just a bit. Um, they did an interview with Rossi on December the 17th. So bear in mind, guy went missing on December the 11th. It's now December the 17th. So, so they're moving quick. Six days. They, they're, they're going. Time. They're going hard on him. He informed that Gacy had sold um, the high school student's car to him, explaining that he bought the car from the high schooler because he needed money to move to California. So he's trying mm. to like lure into the fact he ran away rather than he's missing. Okay. They then examined Gacy's car to 
which they then found a small cluster of fibres which may have been human hair. Mm. That evening, officers conducted a test using three trained German shepherds and search dogs to determine whether Robert had been in that car at any point. One dog approached Gacy's car and lay on the passenger seat and what the dog handler informed investigators was a death reaction, indicating that Robert's body had been present in the vehicle. Mm. That evening, Gacy invited detectives to a restaurant for a meal. In the early hours of December the 18th, he invited them into another restaurant where, over breakfast, he talked of his business, marriages, and his activities as a registered clown. At one point during the conversation, Gacy remarked, you know, clowns can get away with murder. Oh, shut up. God, I hate this man. But by December 18th, so this was early hours in December, now scoop of more in the day mm-hmm. Gacy was beginning to show signs of strain from the constant surveillance so this is where he starts to make out the you're putting pressure on me I'm starting to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. so he would turn up unshaven look tired appear anxious and was drinking heavily he's starting to try and get it so that the police feel bad for following him mm-hmm. um that afternoon he drove to his lawyers to prepare a $750,000 lawsuit against the police demanding that they cease their surveillance the same day the serial number of the nissan pharmacy photo receipt found in gacy's kitchen was traced to a 17 year old kim a colleague of of robert Mm -hmm. and so they decided to go and talk to her so when they went and talked to her she admitted that when contacted in person the following day she had worn the jacket on december the 11th to shield herself from the cold Mm -hmm. she had placed the receipt in the parker pocket just before she gave the coat to robert as he left the store, claiming right. a contractor wanted to speak to him. Come on, Kim. Come on, Kim, you're solving it. This statement contradicted Gacy's previous statement that he had a no contact with Robert on the evening on December the 11th. Again, someone else confirming that the contractor wanted to speak to him. So now this, the police know. Yeah, and the, this then contradicted what Gacy had said. Well, I was like, I didn't say, honey, you did. And we now found his coat. So, police are now getting the evidence that Mm -hmm. Gacy's definitely had something to do with Robert's disappearing. After that, they decided, oh, we're going to have to interview Rossi again, see see what he's got to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And this time, Rossi was a bit more forthcoming with his information. He informed detectives that in the summer of 1977, at Gacy's behest... Behest? Behest? Behest. Oh, that sounds so so smart. (laughs) Um, At Gacy's request, um, he had spread 10 bags of limes in the crawl space of Gacy's house. Limes? Limes. Well, what do limes do? They keep bugs away from coronas. And stop smell. Cover up scent, maybe help decompose the body Mm. because of the acid in it. Um, And he just didn't ask questions or like i mean the bodies they were know there. come on i think they know they just were probably scared him. of i'm really scared that i'd end up down there mm. so on december 19th investigators decided that they were piling all their evidence up they were going to get another search warrant on gacy they've got all this evidence mm-hmm. they wanted they wanted to get something concrete mm-hmm. i think they were aiming to get bodies because obviously now they know cruel space is a place to look yeah probably going to aim to go there so gacy's lawyer had filed the civil suit against the police department the hearing for the suit was scheduled for december the 22nd mm-hmm. so they probably wanted to get get this in before sure um so the that afternoon gacy invited the surveillance detective inside his house again 
Egypt. <laughs> As Officer Robinson distracted Gacy with conversation, one of the other officers walked into Gacy's bedroom in an unsuccessful attempt to write down the serial number of the Motorola TV set he had in there. Because I don't know if you remember, he had taken the Motorola C TV set from the high school student, the main high yeah. school student who mm -hmm. he told people had moved to California. Right. So I think they were trying to get the serial number to see if it matched. Sure. So they could then be like, right, he's got this stuff. Mm -hmm. While flushing Gacy's toilet, the officer noticed a smell he suspected could be a rotting corpse. Not that I'm too familiar <laughs> with what a rotting corpse smells like, but maybe these police officers are. He said he could smell this this scent of mm. rotting corpses. He said that it seemed to be originating from the heating duct, which I'm assuming is probably from under the house, yeah. which is where they suspect the bodies were anyway. The officers who had searched Gacy's house previously had failed to notice this as the house had been cold. So the house was cold, the heating system wasn't on, so right. they weren't able to smell the smell mm -hmm. that the, his officers are now smelling. Um, the investigators interviewed both Cram and Rossi again, which are the two individuals that were staying with Gacy at one time. Rossi had agreed to be interviewed in relation to his possible links with John. Not John Gacy, but John, the high school student from Maine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As well as the disappearance of Robert. When questioned by one of the detectives as to where he believed Gacy had concealed Robert's body, Rossi replied Gacy may have placed the bodies in the crawl space, adding that he thought that the high school student, John, high school yeah. student's car was stolen, which we know isn't true. It was sold to someone mm -hmm. to tell him that, that he needed money for California. Yeah. Rossi agreed to submit a polygraph test. He denied any involvement in, in Robert's disappearance also denying any knowledge of his whereabouts. As he soon refused to continue the questioning and Rossi's erratic and inconsistent responses to questions while attached to the polygraph machine meant that they were unable to get a definite opinion. So they were unable to tell if he was lying or telling the truth because he was too erratic. Which, Which tells me your hands not But also polygraph tests are kind of bullshit. Like if you're nervous, that it'll show you're nervous and they'll read that as like a lying you know they're kind of bullshit no truth serum exists obviously you can give you an idea especially if how the person visually reacts to the questions you know um but there, there are definitely ways to get around it but it's psychopaths pass them exactly but based on this guy he definitely knew what was going on but and either he was kind of back in Gacy. He was probably was wanting to scared. get out of it. He didn't want to go to prison for this shit. He hadn't actually committed any murders. Mm. He just didn't want to get involved. Rossi did, however, further discuss the trench digging he did in the crawl space and remarked on Gacy's insistence that he not deviate from where he had instructed him to dig. So he had a right. very specific route that he wanted him to dig in. He wanted to dig new graves, but not dig up the old graves that were already there. Probably, but that means that Gacy got a map in his head. Moving on to Cram, he informed investigators of Gacy's attempt to rape him mm -hmm. in 1976. He stated that after he and Gacy had returned to his home, after the December 13th search of his property, Gacy had turned pale and said Gacy had grabbed a flashlight and immediately entered the crawl space. So when detectives had gone into his home to have a little look round on December the 13th, after they had left, Gacy had gone down to the crawl space to look for evidence of digging. When asked whether he had been to crawl 
to the crawl space, Cram replied he had once asked Bud Gacy to spread limes down there and also dug up trenches, a bit like Rossi, which Gacy had explained were for drainage pipes. Cram stated he these trenches were two feet wide and six feet long mm. and two feet deep, which are usually the size of graves. And if yeah. this wasn't a telltale sign for you, Cram, you're a fucking idiot. No offence, man, but come on. So on the evening of December the 20th, so we're moving on a couple of days. Well, we're moving on one day. <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself, that girl. Gacy drove to his lawyer's office in Park Ridge to attend a scheduled meeting. Because don't forget, they've got their hearing scheduled for the 22nd mm-hmm. of December. So they're trying to wrap this shit up before this hearing comes in. Um, to discuss the progress of his civil suit. On his arrival, Gacy appeared dishevelled and immediately asked for an alcoholic drink. <laughs> Fucking, that's so, such a great thing to ask for, Gacy. It's such a great thing to ask for. At your appointment with your lawyer. To be fair, when I rock up to that club on fucking June 21st, the first thing I'm going to say is, get me an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> going to be like, get me a Jager bomb. <laughs> Not classy enough. <laughs> His lawyer then fetched him a bottle of whiskey from this car, which... Makes me a bit sad that you've got a bottle of whiskey in your car, but yes, you do. each to your own. On his return, he asked Gacy what he had to discuss with them. Gacy picked up a copy of the Daily Herald from the desk and pointed to a front page article covering the disappearance of Robert. Ro- Robert. Disappearance of Robert. <laughs> and said, The boy is dead, he's in a river. This is is Gacy's quote. The boy is dead, he's in a river. Gacy then proceeded to give a rambling confession that ran into the early hours of the following morning. He began by informing his his lawyer he had been the judge, the jury, and executioner of many, many people. You're just an executioner. What the fuck are you talking about, judge and jury? Because he's crazy. And that he now wanted to be the same for himself. He said he buried most of his victims in his crawl space and then disposed of five other bodies in the river. Gacy dismissed his victims as male prostitutes, hustlers and liars to whom he gave the rope trick, adding that he sometimes awoke to find dead, strangled kids on his floor. Fuck off. With their hands cuffed behind their backs. He had buried the bodies in the crawl space as he believed they were his property. As a result of the alcohol he had consumed, Gacy fell asleep midway through his confession. The lawyer immediately arranged a psychiatric appointment for Gacy at 9am the next day. On awakening several hours later, Gacy shook his head when inf- informed by the lawyer that he had confessed to killing approximately 30 people, saying, Well, I can't think about that right now. I've got things to do. <laughs> Ignoring his lawyer's advice regarding his scheduled appointment, Gacy left their office to attend the needs of his business. Gacy would later go on and say that his final days of freedom had been a haze, adding he knew his arrest was inevitable and that he intended to visit his friends and say his final farewells. After leaving his lawyer's office, Gacy drove to a gas station where in in the course of filling his rental car, he handed a small bag of cannabis to the attendant who immediately handed the bag to the surveillance officer, adding that Gacy had told him, the end is coming for me, these guys are going to kill me. Gacy then drove off to the home of a fellow contractor and friend, Ronald Rode. Gacy hugged Rhodes before bursting into tears and saying, I've been a bad boy. I killed 30 people, give or take a few. 
Gacy left Rhodes and drove to Cram's home to meet with Cram and Rossi. As he drove along the expressway, the surveillance officers noted he was, he was holding a rosary, rosary to his chin, praying while he drove. Honey, that ain't going to save you. Too fucking late for that shit now. Question. You're a gas station attendant. Would you have taken the weed? Obviously. <laughs> That's my thing. I'm like, but that is getting trailed by the police. Yeah, but so the that guy, guy didn't know that. Uh, it's pretty obvious when you're a person that you can see that sort of shit. Really? Yeah, because... So they didn't have security cameras. He could have just kept it. I would have blazed it up with him, to be honest. I took weed from John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> That's a story, isn't it? I smoked oh, I, a zoop from John Wayne Gacy. I snitched to my boss about weed from John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, it's not It's not got the same ring to it, has mm. it? After talking with Cram and Rossi, Gacy had Cram drive him to a secluded meeting with a lawyer. A different lawyer than his other lawyer, which is suspicious. As Gacy spoke with him, Cram informed the surveillance officers that Gacy had told him and Rossi that he had confessed over 30 murders with his lawyer the previous evening. Gacy then had Cram drive him to Mary Hill Cemetery, where his father was buried. Coming back to the source. Mm -hmm. As Gacy drove to various locations that morning, police outlined the formal draft of their second search warrant, specifically to search for the body of Robert in the crawl space. On hearing from the surveillance detectives that in light of his erratic behaviour, Gacy may be about to commit suicide. So they were like, shit, honey, no. Mm -mm. You ain't getting away with this one. Not the coward's way out. So the police decide... Quick, before he does it, mate, let's fucking arrest the bastard. So they arrest him on charge of possession and dis- distribution of cannabis in <laughs> order to hold him in custody. As the formal request for a second search warrant was presented at 4.30pm on December the 21st, the eve of the hearing of Gacy's civil suit, Judge Marvin J. Peters... Granted the request for a second search warrant, so they're on to saying now. Come on, Marvin! After police informed Gacy of their intentions to search his crawl space with the body of, of Robert, Gacy denied the teenager was buried there, but confessed to having killed a young man in self-defense whose body was buried underneath his garage. Mm. Oh, why are you making out like there's only one? <laughs> <laughs> they kind of find them. It, you're in prison, mate. You're literally arrested. You literally can't do anything. You can't get rid of them. You can't dispose of them. They're going to find them. So they've now received the search warrant. So they've gone to his house. Um, and on their r- arrival, for officers found Gacy had unplugged his sump pump. The fuck? What the fuck's a sump pump? Sump pump. I assume it's to keep water out of places. Ah. It's... it's- they're used when basement flooding happens regularly and it's to solve dampness. So he's unplugged this this pump so that the whole crawl space is flooded with water. Right, he's hoping to get rid of the evidence. Um, but unfortunately, they simply replaced the plug and drained the water off. And wouldn't that kind of make it... Like, wouldn't it make it kind of easier to find them It will way? afterwards. Yeah. So after they've cleared the water, they entered... The 28 by 38 foot crawl space. Crawled to the southwest area and begun digging. Within minutes, which I'm not shocked, um, they had uncovered putrefied flesh and a human arm bone. They immediately shouted to the investigators that they could charge Gacy with murder, adding, I think this place is full of kids. A police photographer then dug in the northeast corner of the crawl space, uncovering a patellum which I'm assuming is a bit of bone. Yeah. 
Yum. Yum. <laughs> mm. The two then began digging in the southeast corner and covering two lower leg bones. So that they're getting the bodies. They're being like, right, mm-hmm. there's fucking shit tons of them down there. The victims were too decomposed to be Robert. So they knew these guys weren't Robert. They knew they must have been someone else because Robert, as we know, only died about 10 days beforehand because mm-hmm. yeah. we were on the 21st and he died on the 11th. So yeah. about 20 days before. So he wouldn't be as decomposed as the people that are down there because they've he, been down there a while. He wouldn't have been a skeleton by that point. As the bodies discovered in the northeast corner was later unearthed, a crime scene technician discovered the skull of a second victim alongside this body. Later excavations of the feet of this second victim revealed a further skull beneath the body. So he's basically just burying bodies on top of bodies on top of bodies. Um, Because of this, technicians returned to the trench where the first body was unearthed, discovering the ribcage of a fourth victim within the crawl space, confirming the scales of the murders. So they've gone in, they've picked up this one leg, this one head. They're realising there's a lot of people down here. Mm -hmm. It's not... It's not just one person like Gacy was trying to say. It's not just Robert. There's a lot of them down here. Like, Mm -hmm. he's been at this a while. After the police have been told that they've... The search warrants picked up all these bodies. um, They they, they don't have anything else other to do than to basically charge him with the murders. Gacy told the officers he wanted to clear the air. Adam, he, he knows his arrest was inevitable. Which... Honey, you fucking told someone you kill people and they kind of knew... They had surveillance on him. He must have known he was going. Yeah. He basically said that he knew from the minute that he started spilling his guts to his lawyer that that, that was it. He mm-hmm. was a goner. I think he was going to kill himself. I don't think he was yeah. going to get arrested. But you snooze, you lose. I mean, he was so careful beforehand about... He just became He reckless. filed a civil suit against the police for supposedly harassing him. He was that confident that he wouldn't get found out. And he got absolutely wasted and then told his lawyer. And after that, he's like, it's... I've fucked it. So in the early hours of December 22nd, which would have been the day of the civil lawsuit, um, in the presence of his lawyers, Gacy provided a formal statement in which he confessed to murdering approximately, so this is just approximately, mm-hmm. even he doesn't know how many he's murdered, approximately 30 young males, all of whom he had claimed had entered his house willingly. So he's Shut like, up. they come into my house willingly, which some of them did yeah. because he manipulated them into coming in there. Um, but if they'd known what they were in for, honey, they probably wouldn't have gone. Yeah, what's he trying to say? Is that, oh, well, it was okay, because th- th- they decided to come to the house. They didn't know that you were going to murk them, did they? So, when confessing to his murders, John did name some of his victims, but he claimed not to know or remember most of the names, because, let's be honest, this was, like, something fun for him to do. He wasn't jotting down names. He was doing so many. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of names to remember. Um, and he didn't really see them as people, did he? Because he wouldn't have done what he did to them yeah. if he had. So he kind of saw them as nothing. Why would he remember the names? Um, he claimed all were teenage male runaways or male prostitutes, which we know aren't true. Yeah. The majority of whom he had buried in his cruel space. So he's admitting that most of them are down there. It's just a case of getting them and identifying them, which is going to be hard because a lot of them have decomposed quite mm-hmm. a bit so they're probably gonna have to rely on things like dental records yeah um gacy claimed to have only dug five of the victims graves in this location and had his employees 
dig the remaining trenches so that he would have graves available. So like Rossi and Cram who are meant to mm-hmm. dig in these trenches, that's that's what they were for. Planning in advance. It's so creepy. When shown a driving's license issued to a Robert Haston, which had been found on his property, Gacy claimed not to have known him, but admitted this driver license had been in the possession of one of his victims. Lovely. <laughs> in January 1979, he had planned to conceal the corpses even further by covering the entire crawl space with concrete. So it's good they got him when they did because yeah. they might not never they might not have never got you know what I mean. They might not have ever got him. There yep. we go, thanks. <laughs> when questioned specifically about Robert, Gacy confessed to luring him to his house and strangling him on the evening of December the eleventh. He also admitted to having slept alongside his body that evening before disposing of the corpse in the river in the early hours of December 13th. So he he had the body around for a day and a half. God. On his way to the police station, he had been in a minor traffic accident after disposing of Robert. His vehicle had slid off an ice-covered road and had to be towed from this location. Well, you shouldn't have been out there in the first place. It's also kind of a callback to his early life when he worked in the mortuary if you remember he worked in there for like a hot minute and he slept in a casket once and fondled the body yeah weirdo so he apparently was accompanied by police his lawyer and an older sister to the i-55 bridge on december the 23rd to pinpoint the location of which he threw off the body of robert so they could and four other victims so it wasn't just robert Mm -hmm. that ended up in that river four other four other males did as well so he's just basically telling them where maybe roughly about they can find the bodies because obviously with rivers things get moved up and down mm-hmm. like it's quite hard to find a bit body once they're in there because yeah. it could end up miles down the road and at this point he's probably exhausted his crawl space capacity hasn't he which is maybe why he's starting with the river i mean that was chock full and he said he was going to concrete over which he would only do if he, it was full up so mm-hmm. So Gacy was then taken back to his house um, and the police asked him to mark out on the floor with spray paint where he had buried the individual he had supposedly killed in self-defence. Remember he said that, there's only one under there, I killed him in self-defence and that individual is John. Right. Remember we spoke, he was our last one we finished on last year. Oh, John Bukovic. Bukovic. Yeah. Bukovic. Yeah, I forgot there's many a John's. Other than to map out with spray paint where the dead bodies were, um, they also asked him to draw a diagram of his crawl space in order to get a rough kind of indication where most of the bodies were buried because mm-hmm. otherwise they'd be digging around there f- f- for a while. Yeah. Um, 26 bodies were unearthed from Gacy's crawl space Jeez. over the next week. Three more were also unearthed elsewhere on his property. So that's already over 30. Because you had the four four bodies in the river. Yeah. 26 under the house and an extra three. That's already, what, 33? Yes. Cook County Medical Examiner Robert Stein supervised the exhumations. Each victim unearthed from the crawl space was placed in a body bag, which was placed near the front door awaiting transportation to the mortuary. The crawl space was marked in sections and each body was given an identifying number. Because, like he said, it's hard. These bones don't have flesh on them. Like, a lot of them don't. It's just skull. It's hard to identify what 
belongs to who and what it is. So if they just stuck markers on them, they could start to just mm-hmm. get them to know that that's body one, that's body two, and then later on they can use the dental records and stuff to find out who these individuals were. Yeah. The body of John Bukovic, which is the guy he said he killed in self-defense, which we know not to be true, mm-hmm. was body number two. And on December 23rd, Third, investigators returned to unearth the three corpses which had been buried in the same trenches as body one. The search for victims was postponed temporarily over Christmas. Four more bodies were unearthed on December 26. Bodies number six and seven were buried in the same grave. Body seven was found in a fetal position. A cloth gag was found in the mouth, leading investigators to conclude this victim was most likely died of asphyxiation. Mm-hmm. Body eight was found in the tourniquet. Tourniquet. Isn't that those things that you tighten around your arm to cut okay. off blood flow? Yeah, so body eight was found with one of those used to strangle him, still knotted around his neck. Ooh. So he hadn't even bothered to take it off. Um, body nine was found beneath a layer of concrete and was found to have several stab wounds to the ribs, sternum, and this suggests he was probably Gacy's first victim. Mm. Because I'm pretty sure that Gacy's first victim was the guy that was staying with him. Yeah. And he was cooking him breakfast, I think. And when he came in, Gacy stabbed him, even though he thought he was trying to attack him, but he wasn't because he was just making him breakfast. I don't know if you remember that one. So Timothy Recoy was Gacy's, what we believe to be his first known murder, which was on January 3rd, 1972. And he was the one I mentioned it last week. He, um, he stayed the night over at Gacy's house before he was supposed to catch a bus the next morning and he came into Gacy's room um, after he made him breakfast and he was just kind of holding a knife just absentmindedly because he was making breakfast and Gacy took that as a threat supposedly and then took the knife and stabbed him in the chest so that seems to be so that would have been body number yeah. nine um, on December 27th eight more <laughs> on December the 27th eight more bodies were discovered Body 10 was buried, faced upwards, parallel to the wall of the crawl space, directly beneath the entrance to Gacy's home. Both bodies 11 and 12 were found face down, with a ligature around their necks, and both were buried beside one each other in the centre of a crawl space, directly beneath the hallway. Body 13 was found beneath the spare bedroom. Bodies 14 and 15 were covered from the common grave, diagonally to body 10. Both 14 and 15 were found with their head and upper torsos inside separate plastic bags. Body 16 was found close to body 13. This victim was found with a cloth rag lodged deep in his throat, causing him to die of suffocation. The 17th victim was found with a ligature around his neck. The following day, four more bodies were exhumed. Body 19 was buried directly beneath Gacy's master bedroom, perpendicular to body 18, which was located beneath the spare bedroom. There's just so many bodies. Jesus Christ. By December the 29th, six more bodies were unearthed. 22, 23, 24, 26, um, and 25. I'm not going to continue to say where they are because mm-hmm. there's, just, there's just so many It's just It's kind of like a plague pit. No, it's just like when, whenever, wherever they could find space. That's yeah, because those bodies, were, they died of an illness. These... These were young men with mm-hmm. their lives ahead of them. Some as young as 15. And it's just shocking to mm-hmm. think that they just... That's where they... They didn't even get buried nicely. Not that you can be buried nicely, but you're just dumped on top of another body, beside another body. 
it's just it's a human being and there's just no regard for life at all mm-hmm. when he was doing this he's just a fucking foul human being so the operations to exhume these bodies were suspended due to the Chicago blizzard in 1979 that's how that's how long this is going mm. on but resumed in March despite Gacy's insistence that all the buried victims had been found which we know was not true <laughs> On March the 9th, body 28th was found. um, And on March 16th, body 29 was found. So there's just so many all over this property. All victims discovered at 8-2-1-13 W. Summerdale were in an advanced state of decomposition. Dental records and x-ray charts helped Stein identify the remains. 23 victims were identified via dental records, with two further victims identified via skeletal trauma. These identifications were also supported with personal artefacts found in Gacy's home. The head and upper torso of several bodies unearthed beneath Gacy's property had been placed into plastic bags. Several were also found with a rope still around their necks. In some cases, bodies were found with foreign objects such as prescription bottles lodged into their pelvic region so they had still had things inserted inside them yikes the position of which indicated that items had been thrust into the victim's anus stein concluded 12 victims recovered from gacy's property died not of strangulation but of of, but of asphyxiation gacy's vacant house was demolished on april 1979 the victims found six miles downstream from the I-55 bridge on June 30th were not connected initially to Gacy. In January 1979, this victim was identified using fingerprints records and a distinctive tattoo on his left bicep breeding Tim Lee, a homage to Bruce Lee as Timothy O'Rook. An autopsy was unable to rule out strangulation as the cause of death. The victim was number 31. Following Gacy's arrest, investigators discovered he was a further victim. Following Gacy's arrest, investigators discovered he was a further victim. So, um, victim 31 they didn't originally know about. Mm-hmm. And now they've realised that. Yeah, he did this one too. Um, Frank, who was another one of his victims, uh, death was certified at autopsy as suffocation through his own underwear being lodged down his throat plugging his airways and effectively causing him to drown in his own vomit he was assigned victim number 32 on december the 28th one further body linked to gacy was found one mile from the i-55 bridge this victim was identified as james mazara whom gacy confessed to having murdered shortly after thanksgiving he had been strangled with a ligature, so a lot like some of the others in the cool space. Mm-hmm. On April the 9th, 1979, a decomposing body was discovered entangled in exposed roots on the edge of the river in the Grundy County. The body was identified using dental records as that being of Robert. Mm-hmm. A subsequent autopsy revealed the three wads of paper-like material had been shoved down his throat while he was still alive, causing him to suffocate. On being sentenced, Gacy was transferred to the Menard Correctional Centre, where he remained incarcerated on death row for 14 years. Before his trial, Gacy initiated contact with the WLS TV journalist Russ Ewig, 
to whom he granted numerous interviews between 1979 and 1981. Ewig later collaborated with the author Tim Cahill, some guy called Tim, to publish the book Buried Dreams. Later, the information Gacy divulged to Ewig, 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 he later divulged to the reporter would prove instrumental in establishing the identity of his first victim. On the 15th of February 1983, Henry Brisbane, a fellow death inmate known as the I-57 killer, stabbed Gacy in the upper arm with a sharpened wire as Gacy was participating in a voluntary work program. A second death row inmate injured in the attack, William Jones, received a superficial stab wound to the head. Both received treatment in the prison hospital for their wounds. On the morning of May 9th, 1994, Gacy was transferred from his current correctional centre to the Stateville Correctional Centre in Crest Hill to be executed. That nice. afternoon, he was allowed a private picnic on the prison grounds with his family. For his last meal, Gacy ordered a bucket of KFC, a dozen fried shrimp, French fries, fresh strawberries, and a Diet Coke. Honey, why would you have Diet Coke when you're having all that? Oi, you're about to die. No, Diet Coke is superior. It's not. It is. Normal Coke's better. No. Oh, don't at me like that. You're wrong. I do not like... Oh, no, you're gross. You're wrong. That evening, he observed prayer with a Catholic priest before... Is before being escorted to the Stateville Execution Chamber to receive a lethal injection. Before the execution began, the chemical used to affect the execution solidified unexpectedly, clogging the IV tube used to administer the chemicals into Gacy's arm, complicating the procedure. Blinds covering the windows through which witnesses observed the execution was drawn. The execution team replaced the clogged tubes, after 10 minutes, the blinds were reopened and the execution resumed. The entire procedure took 18 minutes. Uh-huh. Anesthesiologists blamed the problem on the prison officials' inexperience to conduct an execution, saying that had correct execution procedures been followed, the complications would never have occurred. This er- error apparently led to Illinois... How do you... Illinois... Illinois adopting an alternative method of lethal injection. Who gives a shit, though? Like, oh, we, we fucked up a bit. He, he was in pain. Good! I That's know, but they, then they're like, oh, human rights. And like, Shut oh, fuck the off. fuck up. You I lost your rights when you took those rights. I think it's also funny. He was like, oh, he had a nice picnic and he went to see, like, a Catholic priest. Oh, nice. Nice that you're, like, keeping your morals after you've killed 30-plus people. God, I hate this man. So, according to uh, one of the prosecutors at Gacy's trial, William Knuckle? 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 K-U-N-K-L-E. Knuckle? What, what, William. <laughs> he was quoted to say, he got a much easier death than any of his victims. Yeah. Which... I agree with. None of them had... None of them got nice last meals or to say goodbye to their families. Look, what do you fucking shit if it took 18 minutes, you absolute fucking arsehole? They were tortured for hours and made to feel so fucking scared. And they knew they were never going home and they knew they were never going to see your fa- their families again. Whereas you had months to see yours knowing you were going to die. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking good. Fucking good. I, I wish it hurt more. 
Um, according to published reports, Gacy was diagnosed as a psychopath, no shit, um, who did not express any remorse for his crimes. His final statement to his lawyer before his execution was that killing him would not compensate for the loss of others and that the state was murdering him. His <laughs> final spoken words were reported to be, kiss my ass. Jesus. Um, in the hours leading up to Gacy's execution, a crowd estimated over a thousand gathered outside the correctional center. A vocal majority were in favor of the execution, although a number of anti-death penalty protesters were also present. Fuck yourself. The guy decided to die. He didn't give a shit. There was no, there was no, uh, do you know what? I actually feel a bit bad for what I've done. Like, I am really sorry. Like, I, I fucked up badly. Well, I suppose when you kill that many people, can you, do you, can you really say well, that? He, because he didn't it's even too late. pretend to care. If you kill one person, you can kind, not that you can, but you can be like, I fucked up badly and I, I regret it so much. But when you've gone on to kill 30, two thirty-three people you, you kind of you kind of know he doesn't give a fuck because mm-hmm. he wouldn't have killed that many if he had mm-hmm. um so there was a few anti-death penalty protesters um some of those in favor of the execution wore t-shirts mm-hmm. to gacy's previous community service as a clown bearing satirical slogans such as no tears for the clown the anti-death penalty pr- protesters presented observed a silent candle lit vigil oh. when the fuck's the vigil for the victims yeah okay the guy's a cunt there's no excuse for what he did he never said sorry he never felt bad for it the victims were buried underneath a fucking house and probably would have never been put to rest had they not been found and you're sat here lighting a fucking candle for him are you taking the piss the guy's an asshole and he deserves nothing more mm-hmm. than to have been in a bit more fucking pain than he had. In fact, I wouldn't even give him a last meal. I'd have been like, no. fucking eat your shoe. Well, they don't do that anymore. They've changed it. Prisoners don't get a choice. They get the normal prison gruel Good. for their last meal. But like, it's a, I get the argument of for or against death penalty. I'll entertain the argument. But for this guy, I think even a lot of people get like, oh, well, if they're this bad people, let them live, let them suffer in prison. I get he was stabbed like once, but he, I think when he, these guys, he was like, living he up interviews. He, he was getting was, the attention he, he wanted. He got a mini golf course in a previous prison. I think this, a prison would have become his new normal. He would have made friends. He would have got fans in the prison. I doubt he would have given a shit. He would have happily living out his life in prison. So I think it was a good idea to kill him. So, after Gacy's death was confirmed at 12.58 on May the 10th, 1994, his brain was removed, is that in the possession of Helen Morris, a witness of the defence at Gacy's trial, who has interviewed Gacy and other serial killers in an attempt to isolate common personality traits of violent sociopaths, his body was then cremated. So... I hope they scattered his fucking ashes underneath a fucking cruel space. Bonks. Helen, having all that power, you've got this guy's brain in your house. I think it's more of a research thing. I'm curious. I kind of want to look into some of, like, her work and see if they have found, actually, any connotations about that kind of stuff. Well, it's up for a debate on sociopaths and psychopaths it's still the age-old debate of is it nurture or is it nature it's which both i personally believe it's both i think you have to have some sort of gene in you that 
is then triggered by something mm-hmm. in your environment. Because I think you can have the sociopath gene and the psychopath gene without it ha- being triggered um, by an event, which meant you just go on to live a normal mm-hmm. life. Normally a CEO. <laughs> they do say that a high percentage of high up workforce have psychopathic tendencies. So, like Betty in Riverdale, just like serial killer gene. <laughs> Fuck's sake. But I believe that you have it in you, something triggers you, and then that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, there's, it's a still a debate. I'm I'm never going to be a hundred percent right. Um, other people have other theories, which I'm I'm more for to listen to. But that that's my personal opinion. Is that's that's where it comes from. But it would be interesting to have a read to see what she found out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for listening. This concludes our our first and hopefully only two-parter case. Yeah, Probably never not. again. <laughs> God, this this was bad long. choice, Sham. Bad choice. This was heavy. Please tune in next week for um, uh, probably a shorter, but albeit not fun, case including murder and a specific food. Um, I hope we'll see you all soon. And remember. Treat others how you would like to be treated. Unless you're John Wayne Case Gacy who thinks that he needs his ass kissed when he's killed people. So just, just be kind and try not to murder people underneath cool spaces. Please try. That's all we ask. <laughs> and thanks again for listening. See we'll you see you next week. week. Bye.